No my Heidi Mike TNA Hotaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. I'm Susanna Layatawa in for Wallace Chapman. Tens of thousands observed Waitangi Day at Waitangi this year, yesterday, and in the days prior. 40,000 yesterday, in fact, and an estimated 80,000 during the weekend. Around the country, thousands of events and gatherings, big and small, to commemorate the signing of Te Tiriti or Waitangi. We'll hear from Tangata Tiriti's Whamoi Nā, Felolini Maria Tafuna'i. Unemployment's risen slightly in the three months ended December. The rate is the highest since mid-2021, but it's lower than expected. We'll hear what these latest numbers mean. There's been a big jump in the number of New Zealand companies disclosing climate-related risks we'll discuss. Statutory interventions have been ordered by the Education Ministry at seven schools in the past month. New Zealand Gazette notices show the Ministry has dissolved school boards of trustees and appointed commissioners at two of the schools, while limited statutory managers have been appointed at the other five, the New Zealand School Trustees Association explains. It's leap year this year, so will you be paid for February 29th? At, uh, well, in a usual year of 365 days, full-time employees get four weeks of leave. However, during a leap year, that number doesn't change. We'll find out why not. With me today on the panel, Nikki Bazant, writer, journalist, editor and speaker. And you have a new book coming out in April. Nikki, congratulations. Kia ora. Thank you very much. I'm very excited. That's great. I'm looking forward to hearing about that book too. And Nick Leggett, Chief Executive of Infrastructure New Zealand. And I also want to mention your two previous terms as Mayor of Porirua because it's always worth mentioning that because people say, is that the same Nick Leggett? And it is indeed. Kia ora, Nick. Welcome. Marlo, Susanna. That's, Marlo, uh, yes, I know as a Porirua girl, you you would uh, recognise uh, our city. Yes, that's exactly it. And I always like every opportunity to give it a shout out, Love as it. I'm sure you do, I do, as you just did then, which I really appreciate. Thank you. Well, pre-season training's kicking off, especially now that the kids are back to school. Of course, not for every sport because the timing's different. But in Auckland, the Auckland Rugby Referees Association is hoping to add to their roster ahead of the 2024 cycle. Well, what does it involve? Ant Petrie is the Referee Development Manager at Auckland Rugby. Kia ora, Ant. Kia ora, how's it going? Good, thank you. How are you? Oh, very well, thank you. Very busy start to the year, which is great. That is good to hear. How many more referees do you need? Oh, ideally another 100 odd. Ooh, is that the usual amount at this time of year? Yeah, it is. Um, we're really putting a focus on trying to make sure that we have enough referees to point to all secondary school grades, as well as some junior grades if possible. So we need we need a lot more referees. A lot more referees across a number of grades. So what makes a good referee? What are you looking for? For the game. Oh, and we're losing you. Hold on a second. I don't want to lose you because we need to hear this detail in case a budding referee is listening in. Are you moving? No, I'm sitting down. Okay, let's see. Let's try that again. So what what makes a good referee? Uh, Someone who has a good empathy for the game and a real passion for it. Uh, You don't need to know too much about rugby. We can sort of train and educate you to become a good referee. But someone who who enjoys being with people, giving back to the game, so someone who has that sense of community and just likes to have a good time. What does training look like for a budding referee? 
Uh, the best form of training is actually being out on the field. Uh, so it's hard to get that on the during the week when there's no footy on. But we have Monday night education sessions um, from 7 to 8, and we do a lot of stuff there where we can educate you and, and, and help you develop as a referee. Uh, but the best form of education is on the field, refereeing game footy itself. How about fitness levels? Do you have to pass a test? No, not really. I mean, there there are tests you can do, but for first-year referees, it's just about getting out in the middle and getting game time. Getting game time. Runs on the board, no pun intended. <laughs> now, let's yeah. talk about Maggie Cogger-All, because this time last year, Maggie was appointed by New Zealand Rugby to the role of Women's Referee Development Manager, and she's really a great example of how far you can go with referee skills. Oh, 100%. She's a great asset. She's doing amazing things in the women's space, and that's an area that we're really trying to grow in Auckland as well. We had four or five new female referees last year, and that's, a, I think, a good example of, of Maggie and her role and what she's doing. So when it comes to Auckland referees, Auckland's a big city. Are there particular areas geographically? Do people have to travel far? How does that part work? We make it work for the individual referee. So say if you're living out in East Auckland and you only want a referee out there, we'll make that work, same as you're living out west. But if you're happy to to travel and see other parts of Auckland, then we can do that as well. It's really up to the individual and we make it work for them. Is it all voluntary or is there some pay? It is all voluntary, yes. Right, so it's for the love of rugby. 100%, yeah. Now, earlier this week, there was a report into um, the abuse directed at refs throughout the Rugby World uh, World Cup. This report was released. Is that an issue for you at the community level? Oh, it's, I don't see abuse as a big reason why people shouldn't referee. Um, it's, that it, it's in the game. Um, but we're really trying to minimise that as best we can and putting putting some safeguards around our referees. So when you say it's in the game, and what do you mean? It's in the culture of the game that people on the sideline get heated? Oh, like things like ref open your eyes, that, that, that's every given week. And as to be honest, I've been refereeing 20 years and you hardly hear it at all. At that level that the, the professionals are at, I mean, they're getting social media DMs and it's quite nasty. We don't get that at a community level at all. Very, very rarely does that happen at community level. And so, you know, for anyone who is thinking about becoming a community level referee, what kind of safety things do you have in place? Uh, We've got a good network of of referees. So we've got a lot of experienced referees that people can can talk to. Um, Each each of our panels has a head panel facilitator who they can talk to. Um, you've got myself and the referee manager at Auckland Rugby. That's someone they can talk to. The peers around them as well. Uh, there are many referee coaches who are team games. And for those who are new to, to refereeing, we make sure that we have people there for the first few games so that they are feeling safe and that they, they've got that sense of community, um, that they're being looked after and that, that they are safe. Because the biggest risk is we send new referees out by themselves and something happens and we don't get them back. So we want to make sure that they are feeling safe and got that security around them. Nick Leggett, have you ever refereed a rugby rugby game? No, it would terrify me, but I take my hat off to people who, who do and give up their time. And I just wonder, is it, you know, on the time, with the time factor, you know, we're all 
I think, more and more squeezed. Do you have you found over the last decade or so that the, the part of the reason you you know you're needing a hundred people to ref this year or you're a hundred short, it, it just gets harder for people to fit it in. Oh, it is. But the good thing about refereeing is that we we accommodate to each individual. So if you can only referee every couple of weeks, that's fine. There's no no pressure from us to make sure you referee every week. It's not like you're a player or a coach where you're committed three, four times a week. Refereeing is really up to the individual and make it work for them. Mm. Nikki, any questions or thoughts for Ant? I uh, agree I would be a terrible referee. I've moderated the odd panel discussion. That's about as far as I can get. But I actually, I'm wondering, um, Ant, what the, what the people who do this work say that they get out of it. Like there must be some payoff from the, from the volunteering that they're generously doing. Uh, most people do it because it's heaps of fun. And the, 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 the most common quote I get from new referees is, I wish I'd started this earlier because mm. of how much fun they actually get. And they, everyone does it for different reasons. A lot of it's just giving back to the game. Their kids have finished um, at college, so they're not coaching anymore, so they want to keep refereeing. Sense of community, uh, they want to give something new a go. It's a new hobby. And look, we're, we're looking for lots of parents to to referee, especially those junior games. So it's not up to the coaches who who are giving up their time to coach and referee in the day. Um, so we've got many associate referee courses, but you don't actually become a member of the Auckland Referees Association, but they become an associate referee, with, which is a sub-referee group, and they can referee their, their junior kids, which is a good way to um, spend time with family and, and give back. Hmm. Good on you, Ant. Thanks very much. And if anyone is listening and keen to become a referee, contact Auckland Rugby. They can find you on Facebook or all the socials, Ant. 100%. Good on you. Thanks very much, RNZ National. It is five minutes to four. I've been thinking, Nikki Bazant, would you like to go first? Sure. Look, I've been thinking about Valentine's Day, and that's mostly because I've been being chased around the internet by all these ads for stuff. I'm being targeted to to buy stuff for Valentine's Day. And do you know I saw an ad for flowers? $29 for one bloom Ooh. for Valentine's Day. A rose. It was just a flower. It was not a, not a rose, I don't think. Even. That's one pricey. flower. And so I look, I know before someone, before a florist, a lovely florist, texts in and says, look, it's a huge day for us. I, you know, I know that Valentine's Day is an important day for people like florists and restaurants and, That's you know, true. quite a lot of businesses. But I just, it's jarring with me how commercial and how um, sort of how much of a marketing event it's become when it should just be like a nice celebration of expression of love not just romantic love but all love for each other and and maybe there are ways that we can celebrate Valentine's Day that aren't about buying stuff especially stuff that's just gonna you know pollute the planet mm, God, I've been that's thinking. my little grumpy rant today <laughs> I like it. Nick Leggett, have you got a grumpy rant? Well, you've got me, you've got me thinking, Nikki. Um, when is Valentine's Day? I, it's probably quite important I know that. Oh, it's next week. It's the 14th of oh, February. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Wednesday well, next week, chance. a week today. A week We're today. a week out. You haven't had the same algorithm I of haven't, ads. Which is, yeah, really <laughs> No, nor have I. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? But, <laughs> but, <laughs> clearly not. No, clearly not. Uh, well, look, I, I, Nikki pointed out, mine's a bit serious, so I, I apologise in advance. But I have been thinking about New Zealand's ongoing vulnerability to extreme weather, and the, you know, how that impacts our lives, our homes, our businesses, our communities. You know, we were recently ranked as the second riskiest country in the world when it comes to natural disasters after 
second only to Bangladesh, and that's according to Lloyd's of London. So it is a, a really serious concern, and I, you know there are many thousands of people that know this because they've been affected in, just in the last year. But it is going to be something that we have to grapple with over time as a, as a country, and we need to start considering how seriously we're going to manage our retreat from some low-lying areas, and we need to do that based on good evidence and, and data, and it is going to take leadership, I believe, from central and local government, but it has to be, these discussions have to be rooted in communities, because we know we're never going to be able to accurately predict where what part of the country is going to be impacted, particularly if you think about things like earthquakes. But we do need, I think, a, a long discussion because decisions and hard decisions are going to have to be made over time. And I just, I sort of want to send that signal because um, it's something that I think is in the back of many of our minds. But it is going to, we're going to have to ramp up the the corridor as we go forward. I think over the over the weeks or over the the years ahead. Did you think that we'd be doing better than second worst? I mean, that I comes guess, as a surprise to me. Yeah, I, I guess it, it comes yes, as a surprise to anybody else. Yeah, no, I think it was it was a bit of a, a jarring sort of a, a stat, to be honest, because we know we're shaky, but I think it's more than just the fact that we have lots of earthquakes. We also have these extreme weather events, which are cyclones and floods, and we're not going to be able to engineer our way out of this in, in many cases and across the nation and and it's it's important I think that we do have that data and that information to so we're armed yes and we can start planning and more to the point putting things in place and I'm looking at the clock but just quickly were you surprised by that Nikki uh I guess it's a function of our geography, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I will say, you, you've made me think, Nick, because I, I, I have completely changed the way that I think about coastal property now mm. since last year, since the cyclone. And I used to think, oh, it'd be so nice to have a place up on a cliff by a beach. And now I look at those places and I just think, they might not be there in 50 years. You That's know? right. It's That's actually right. a really, really pressing issue for us all. And good to be not just aware of it, but as you're saying, Nick, that we get into the discussion right now and don't just leave that to local and central government. Exactly. Um, coming up to news time, are you celebrating Valentine's Day? How are you doing it? Texts 2101, emails the panel, all one word, at rnz.co.nz. Looking forward to your insights and secrets and answers. Back after the news. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.